Well, this is going to be interesting today. <laughs> I want us to go more in-depth with one of the things that could be a disconnector from God's promises to us. And, you know, we are strange creatures. <laughs> Do you realize that? We need each other. And yet, when we spend time with each other and get familiar with a person, we get to where we can't stand them. We don't want to be around them any longer. And those things that brought us to them goes in the wayside because we get familiar with each other. And we're going to be talking today about handling relationships and its challenges. So, praise God. You know... You, we have people that irritate us. Am I the only one? The Holy Spirit told me to teach this today. I think he's running after us. Amen. So, we, we really, really do. And you know what? I got, I, I was on my, I checking my phone this morning to, for my messages, and something popped, this man popped up on my Facebook, and, and uh, I've never heard him before, I never, and I thought, but the title there was, Relational Enemies, I thought, you gotta be kidding me, God, there must be something here, I need to, I thought, this has to be God, and he was talking, he was going to be teaching on Relational Enemies, Enemies to our relationships. And I thought, well, that's what I'm teaching today, Lord. And he said, I know. I know. But anyway, but this is what, he, what it said under his name. They can affect your joy. They can blind your eyes to the good that is in them. Praise God. I think this is going to be a day of uh, as Tom would say, yanking our, our, the slack out of a rope, you know, he's going to minister to me of what I need to repent of and what I need to correct in my life, things that are an enemy to relationships. So we're going to go more in depth of, of this. So we're entering a season of being with a lot of people. You like some, you don't like some. Some irritate you, some don't. So that's what we're going to be talking about. And we're going to be talking about having to deal with relationships. Now the word relationship means it is a connecting together of people, whether by marriage, origin, business, or friends, your jobs. But it's a connecting together of people. And we're facing the holiday season and we're going to be making a connection with different people. Some you know, some you don't know. And so um, we're talking about relationships with these people and with the people that we know. So when God was creating everything in the beginning in Genesis, he would look at his creation. And he would look and he say, he would say, this is good. But look at Genesis chapter 2, because he said something else. And I thought, well, he changed his mind pretty quick. But let's look at that. Genesis chapter 2, uh, verse 18 through 20. 
So here we find God just got through saying all his creations that he created, boy, this is good. And then he turned right around and said in verse 18, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him and help meet for him. Okay? And then he goes on, and what he did was he started bringing animals for Adam to name. Now, he was saying it's not good that mankind should be alone. Okay? It's not good for me to be alone. And you say, but you're, you, you are alone. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I've got June back there. I've got all of you as my friends. And we're in a relationship together. But he realized there was something missing for mankind. And he said, I'm going to make him a helpmate. And then what he did, I thought, well, God, you're bringing animals to him? What he did, you dropped down. And he brought all these animals, all these living creatures, and he had Adam name every one of them. And you know, I have a grand, great grandson, uh, Braden. He named every one of us when he was probably about two years old. I'm Nana. Cody is Dodo. <laughs> and I mean, he just—he's gone through all of these, and we're still called that. You know, we're still called by the names. That he named us. And so he brought all these creatures, created animals. And he, can you imagine that mind? That Adam named every animal. What a brain that he must have had. And so he brought them to him. And he, and, but he said there was not found a helpmate for him. Why? My question was, he said it's not good. Well, well, why did he say that? Why He said it's not good for this man to be alone. And then he turned around, but why did he bring animals to him? Why didn't he just create woman right then? So I started questioning God about it. And it's okay to question him. He said it is not good. Okay, He wasn't saying that the creation man himself wasn't good he was not saying man was not good what did what was he seeing he saw that man on this earth was alone and that he was created a social being god put this in man to be a social being we need each other people need people to be fulfilled and that's what he was saying he was seeing that um Adam, when he brought these animals, that's not what he needed. He needed woman. Well, let's, let me just go a little bit further here. It says in um, verse 22, And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, man made he a woman. Well, we could teach on that all day. And he brought her unto the man. <coughs> he made a woman. Now, ladies, this is... Now, don't get a big head here. But that word made means, means that she was very skillfully handcrafted. Woman was very skillfully handcrafted. She was created to bear children. And 
you think about this body of yours. It was very, God knows what's in this body. He put it there. Every organ, every cell, he put there. And we were very skillfully handcrafted. You know, God had to really see something. He had to see the future for mankind. And so he brought the woman, as Jerry Savelle would say, when he saw her, he said, whoa, man, <laughs> you know, because she was beautiful. So I think that's important for us to realize as women that we were very skillfully handcrafted, and God had a vision for you, and he had a vision for me. Now, there, there are different kinds, uh, different levels, because when we're talking about us needing people, we need each other. I need you. You need me. But there's different levels because we're going to get into friendships too. There are different kinds of relationships. And there's different levels. And there's different depths to relationships. What we need to learn is how to walk with our different relationships with people. Because people are different. We need to let the agape love and respect for each other to rule our soul because we're different and I may get on your nerves and you may get on my nerves how am I going to handle that you know that's the question well we've got to respect that person because personalities are different amen so uh, let's look at Genesis 2. Did I read 18? I, I did read 18 and 19, didn't he? So that when he was making a helpmate for, for Adam, he had to see something in, in the man that he created. He had to see the need. Do you know God had a need? That's why he made mankind. And he had to see, he wanted fellowship. He wanted relationships. And he saw that in Adam when he looked at him, praise God. So, woman was brought into the being. And I'm blessed to be a woman. And you're blessed to be a woman. So, the thing of it is, when he brought these animals to Adam, this is what I wrote down. Uh, I don't remember who said this. But I liked it. He said, God knew Adam had a need, but Adam didn't know it. Isn't that amazing? So he brought the animals before Adam to make him aware of his need. He saw each animal had a mate or had others just like himself. But he, Adam, didn't have that. Had you ever looked at it that way? I like this statement that this man had made. So God create, created earthly relationships for mankind. Earthly relationships. We need people. People are valuable and precious. I use those words a lot of times. But people are valuable and precious to God. And people should be valuable and precious to me. They should be precious to me. So we're going to talk about you and me and relationship with others. It's easy to get relationships started. It really is. But it's another thing to keep them. I believe that every relationship that we have with somebody is going to be challenged. Satan comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. He would love to destroy relationships that you have with somebody. And you may be in a relationship 
uh, with somebody. I'm not talking about men. It could be a man, but it could be any, anybody, anything. Uh, he, he's going to use whatever he can to destroy relationships because there is power in agreement. There is power when we love each other. There's, there's that force of love that goes forth. It's that agape love which doesn't see your mistakes all the time, that loves regardless of what you said to them or did to them, okay? So we need to get wisdom on how to get along with our relationships, amen? With our families, relationships with our families, with our friends, with the employees, with your jobs, your bosses, and I wrote this down, don't turn your back on them. Don't turn your back on them. This is when we need to ask the Father God how to handle this. If I've got a problem with you, I have to pray in the Spirit and ask God, how do I handle this problem in our relationship? And what In the natural, we want to turn and run and not admit that there's a problem. And we'll go the opposite way down the aisle at church in order to avoid somebody. I've done that before. But you know what? That's not good. We've got to face our problems. Remember what, we ta- what I taught last Wednesday night? We are problem solvers and not problem dodgers. We need to handle relationships instead of just dismissing people from our life. I'm so thankful God hasn't dismissed me because of the mistakes I've made. And we don't need to dismiss people. We need to love them. We can love them right back into a relationship. Now, remember, there's a different level. It may be a different depth to that relationship than what you had before. But it can still be a relationship. People that are divorced can have a relationship. It'll be different, a different level, a different depth. But you can still have a relationship. Don't throw those people away because they could be hurting people. I mean, they could be hurting themselves, you know. They're hurting. And if we throw them away, we're adding to those hurts. And remember, we are facing a lot of people during these holidays. And I'm believing that the love of God is going to be mending relationships. You know, I had an issue with uh, a lady one time, and <clears throat> she had an issue with me. Did you know people can have issues with you and you don't have to have it with them? And I thought, well, bless God, I'm not going to act any different with that person than if there was not a breach in our relationship. And every time I'd see that person, I'd hug them. I took them gifts, different things I did. And didn't it, it didn't mend overnight, but it did mend. The goodness of God in us will draw men to repentance. And that relationship was restored. We can restore relationships that have been severed. How bad do you want it? Praise God. But just think of, <laughs> you're going to have an opportunity to use this during these holidays whether you realize it or not. But we've got to learn how to walk with these different relationships and the different depths and different levels that we have. But the love of God, I'm telling you, never fails.
Just like her shirt. It never fails. Do you know they can tell if you really mean it? I can tell if you really mean it. And so we don't want to put on a fake face. But we have to be doers. Like Jen said a while ago, that she forgave somebody by faith. Well, faith demands action. And a lot of, I've had to do this. I've had to forgive by faith. But it's real. And it gives God something to work with and the Holy Spirit something to work with. Forgiveness is a powerful force. Um, let me see where I want to go with this. Okay. We are problem solvers and not problem dodgers. And we do not dodge people. I've done it. I've gone down because they irritated me. It was hard for me to sit and, li to st and listen to them repeat the same old thing over and I'm talking about where we live, girls. Same old thing over and over and over and over and over. And these pity parties that they're having, it, it really kind of irritates you when they should know what to do. Y'all, this is better teaching than you think. <laughs> But we're talking about relationships. And I had an opportunity, I'm not calling any names, this week, this last week, to minister to two people, two women. And one of them was so deep in pity party. Nobody loves me. I really don't have any real friends. And I said, well, let me tell you what you need to do. And I said this in kindness. There was a lot of other things I said, too. But this was the main point. But I said, well, that's not true. People do love you. And you do have friends. I know she has friends. I'm one of them. Do you know just because your friend doesn't call you every day doesn't mean they're not your friend? But I know they're always there if I need to call them. So anyway, I told this one particular lady, I said, so she's not coming to church. At all. She, she's so engulfed in herself. In herself. And her own needs. I said, why don't you come to church and you look around and see who needs you. There's ladies sitting by themselves. You need to see what they need from you. Well, I never thought about that. Well, she's going to think about it now because I sowed the seed. Mm -hmm. Girls, we've we got to think about these things. And I am not casting her away and our friendships because she thinks nobody loves her. Nobody cares about her. I'm not going to throw her away. I'm going to do, I want to be the light that can draw her back into a relationship with ladies in the church. Not just me but with other ladies in the church. Are y'all getting this? It's very important. So, and I dealt with another lady on the phone who uh, really is having a lot of physical issues and it can hardly walk. It's really difficult. And I'm getting that lady out of the house. That's my purpose. It's going to take time, and we have to be willing to have time. But I'm, I'm going to be going to her house, and I'm going to load her up. I'm not for sure what day, but she's a widow lady. I'm going to go to her house, 
and I'm going to load her up in my car because she can walk to the car with difficulty with, with a walker. But I'm taking that woman out. I'm getting her out of that house. We're talking about friendships. You know, the person that's hurting will separate themselves from you and your relationship. But what are you going to do about it? There's people, there's somebody in every person's mind in here this morning that, that God wants to use you to restore some relationships. And love will do it. Bring them out. Pray in the Holy Spirit. What can I do about this problem? How can I help this person? And pray in the Spirit, and God will give you the answer. You know, I love the Holy Ghost. I was, I was on my way. This is totally off the kind of different, but the power of the Holy Spirit and praying in tongues and praying the answer is so important. But I was coming to church this morning. I was trying to think of this guy's name, and all I could think of was the first name. I thought, well, Father, I'm going to pray his name in, in tongues. And I prayed it in tongues. It came to me instantly. That's the power of praying what the pro- about the problem. He will give you the answer. Remember that? He will give you the answer. Every problem has an answer. Amen. Y'all are going to have wonderful holiday season this year because you're going to remember this, okay? (laughs) Okay, so you've got to remember that we're dealing with different personalities. And this is something I've had to learn with, with different people. I've had to learn the boundaries of that person. I know exactly what boundary not to cross with some ladies. Because they've told me before, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Well, learn from that. From experience, I've learned. I've gotten phone calls before. And, and, well, you shouldn't have shared that. Or you, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, you shouldn't have said that and all that. I thought, okay, that's a boundary I don't need to cross. Learn what those people don't want you sharing because there's things they don't want you to share. If they shared it with me, then that doesn't mean I get to share it with everybody else. And I'm, having to, I'm learning that all the time, you know, that there's, there's boundaries with every person. Well, I think I'm boundaryless. You can share anything you want to with me, you know, but, <laughs> you know, I won't get mad about it. I just don't get mad at people. I, I just really don't, but you know, that is in my family genes, I think, that our, my, my siblings, we just love each other, and we love everybody else, and we tell them that, you know, we call each other, but so it's harder for me, having been raised like that, to not understand why people can't love somebody else that's different, that thinks different, that acts different, I, I just... Get past that, people. You're dealing with personalities. And you may not like somebody's personality, but it is their personality. Amen? Everybody can't just be you. Aren't you glad? Okay. So forgiveness is very important in relationships, and we're going to get into that a little bit. Forgiveness does not condone anyone's action. And see, we, we try to do that. Uh, we try to hold their actions, they, what they've said and what they do against them. But to be their friend, 
we've got to forgive them. And it doesn't, when I forgive you for something, Kathy, <laughs> I'll use you as a can't be offended person, but when I forgive you for something that you've said or done to me, that doesn't mean I agree with what you did. It does not mean that I condone that, but I'm not going to let that hinder my relationship with you. So, but if, if you offended me, then, then I need wisdom. Okay, Father, this is a problem. We're going to solve it. How do I get that wall down? You know, you can fill walls up with people. How do I get that wall down between us? And I pray the answer in the Spirit. But we build walls up between each other. And, and a lot of times it, it's in families. God want, um, Satan wants to destroy family relationships. And you'd be surprised at the hurting people and the hurts that, in, that is in family relationships. Well, let's get the answer from God of how we can restore that relationship. So one thing forgiveness in uh, forgiveness, that what it does, it will keep their sin or their wrongdoing from becoming yours. You need to think on that. It will keep that from becoming yours. Don't let it be. You've got to separate that. I remember, remember there are different levels or different depths to our relationships. And that relationship may not be as deep as it once was. But it can still be a relationship without the wall. Praise God. So a relationship with someone... You still have to have that relationship. I, you know, in your mind, you just got to love that person. And eventually, love will not fail. Praise God. The depth of that relationship may not be as deep as it once was, but it can still be there. You can still, you know, I don't like those walls that build up with people. I'm very uncomfortable with that. I can handle it, but I don't like it. So I have to ask God, okay, what can I do? Just show me, Lord. And, you know, we think of um, David Smith, not David Smith, David, what's his name from Alma. Anyway, how he had a problem with the neighbor. Larry Smith, I knew David, David there's a David Smith in, in Louisiana, uh, Larry Smith, how he had a problem with a neighbor, and, and Larry was a boxer, and he was, he was tough, and he had a problem with that neighbor, and, that, and I mean, what he wanted to do was sock him in the face, because he was a boxer, he, I mean, he wanted to fight him, but the Holy Spirit told him what to do, he said, okay. And it was an explosive situation. He told him to go home, bake him a cake, and take it to him. And he did. He went home and he told his wife. He said, Debbie, bake me a cake. Well, why do you want me to bake a cake? Because I've got to take it to my neighbor. And he did that. See, God may have you do the strangest things. So he took this cake to his neighbor and they became best friends. That was an act of love, and it was wisdom. 
Think about that. Maybe there's something God wants you to do to break down that wall and restore that relationship. Anyway, we don't want to write people off. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. First Corinthians chapter 3. When we would just stop and think about how valuable and precious people are to God, they should, they should be valuable and precious to us, and we don't want to write them off. Okay, chapter 3, verses... Um, I'm in First Corinthians. Give me a chance to get there. Okay, verse 1 through 3. Do we begin again to commend ourselves or need we as some others? Well, I'm wondering if that's where I'm supposed to be. Well, what it, what, what it go, goes into was the Corinthian church was having, uh, if y'all can find me, find me, <laughs> was having a lot of trouble with relationships. The Corinthian church was. Uh, that's not that's not where I've just got it written down wrong, but the Corinthian church was having a lot of trouble with relationships. Yeah, I need to go to First Corinthians, don't I? It's second instead of chapter three. Y'all are helping me here. Yeah, that's where I wanted to go. I've got it written down right. I just turned wrong. Okay, three and one. And I, brethren could not speak unto you as unto spiritual. That's where I wanted to go. But as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ, I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are you not able to bear it. For ye are carnal, for whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as mere men? Good question. Okay, so they were having all these difficulties. And, and Paul told them the reason for it was that they were having all this strife and all these divisions was because they were carnal. And, and they were letting that carnal flesh dictate how they were going to respond to each other. The flesh dictates how we are going to respond to each other if it's not renewed to the word. So I looked up the word carnal, carnal, and Webster says it's material or worldly, fleshly, not spiritual. That's what Webster says. A carnal-minded person is not being spiritual. They're being worldly. They're thinking through the five physical senses. What they see, what they feel, what they touch, what they hear. All of these five physical senses, they're living and in their relationships with people through the five physical senses. If we live with our relationships with, with people through our five physical senses, we will get hurt. And you will hurt somebody else. Okay? So Paul had been feeding them the word, but he said... You have not yet, I love that word, yet. He hadn't given up on them, had he? You have not yet received what you have been hearing. 
Pause and think about that. Is, is that me? Have I not yet received what God, what I've been hearing, what the Holy Spirit's been teaching me about, what he's telling me I need to do? So he says, I'm still having to treat you like babies. This is another translation uh, or another commentary. He says, so I'm still having to treat you like babies and keep giving you milk. Once you start acting on the milk of the word, then I can start feeding you the meat. A process. Act on what you know now. And then more revelation will come. You'll start getting the meat of the word. Amen. So this is the message Bible. I mean, it's pretty plain. But for right now, friends, I am completely frustrated by your ways. I am completely frustrated by your unspiritual dealings with each other and with God. You know, does that not express us sometimes? I'm completely frustrated the way, with the way you're acting. Why don't you straighten up? Okay. So, you're acting like infants in relation to Christ. You are, you are capable of nothing much more than nursing at the breast. Well, then I'll just nurse you. Since you don't seem capable of anything more, as long as you grab for what makes you feel good or makes you look important, are you really much different than a baby at the breast? Content only when everything's going your way. I mean, the Message Bible covers it, doesn't it? Well, he says, I'll just feed you like a baby. Well, we need to get off the bottle. We need to delve into this word and grow in this word and not stay on the same level all the time. Okay, so what's he saying to us? It's time for the body of Christ to get off of the baby food and grow up where? Right up here in our soul. We've got the power of God on the inside of us. I'm telling you, you can love your enemies. You can love them. Because the love of God's in you. And like we say, it's not that, that you condone everything they do or say, but love always separates the sin from the person. And when we separate the sin from the person, we see the good in them. There's good in everybody. Everybody. And we've got to see that good and quit judging people. You know... Uh, John Burge taught Sunday morning. It was awesome. It was so stinking good. I'm telling you. And he titled it, Mind Your Own Business. It was one of the most powerful messages, straight to the point, about minding your own business. And so I thought about that, because I thought that leads right into what I'm teaching today. On relationships. Mind your own business. Your business does not have to become my business. And I had an opportunity. Of, I was trying to make what it was this morning. I thought, Lord, that's none of my business. I thank <laughs> you for that. I really thank John for that message Sunday. But, I mean, he was anointed. Really anointed to teach what he did. But uh, I was trying to think what it was. And I thought, oh. 
I went to a certain business that um, I hadn't been to in a long time. And there was one, one little girl in this business that was the sweetest, nicest, loving person. Well, this business had sold and somebody else had bought it and taken over. Not another employee in that place had anything to say. I didn't see a smile on their face or nothing. They had one little girl. I thought, you know, I really need, I thought about going in there and talking to them. <laughs> but the Lord said, it's none of your business. But I thought, I need to let them know about their employees. These were thoughts. <laughs> I need to let them know how I was treated when I came in there. One little girl had a smile and this sweetest disposition. And everybody else, I thought, you know, I don't think I'll go back there again, you know. I mean, that was my thinking. And the Lord just told me, that's none of your business. Now, if I made it my business, I could have really caused some problems. But John's message stuck right up here. <laughs> Praise God, it's none of my business. And I think that is the root of a lot of our relational uh with relationships it's none of my business it's none of your business and i think if we will learn that it will go a long ways in our relationships with other people but i, I was just trying to think some of the things he asked he asked uh he said dealing with other people what does this have to do with me do i have things in my own life that needs to be attended to yes anyway i can't tell you how good that was because, but I thought that just goes right along with this message for the holidays. It's really none of my business. But we have a tendency to want to meddle, don't we? Okay. So, the things that um, he talked about here, it, about, in, and I, don't, I didn't bring this out, I need to. Now, how did Paul know that they were carnal? Because in verse 3, <clears throat> he talked about them being uh, envy and envy and strife and division. That's how he knew these Christian, born-again, probably spirit-filled people were carnal. Because of the envy, the strife, and the divisions. That should not be in our lives. Amen. So... Bonnie went and started looking up things. Envy. It's a painful or resentful awareness <clears throat> of an advantage. You'd have to stop and think about that. Enjoyed by another, along with the desire to possess the same thing. Jealousy, in other words. Envy's jealousy of what other people are gain, gaining and having and doing. Like, well, you know. And they get jealous of that person. Y'all know that jealousy, I mean, it's around. We get jealous. If I got a, a new car or, or something, don't get jealous of me because I get a new car, which I'm not even wanting one. Don't get jealous of me because I have a new car and you don't. You praise God that you can see God in that. God's blessing me with a new car. I, Father, I don't, you know. I really don't need a new car. I don't like those newfangled things that you have to have all the computer stuff to, you know, to know how to do it. I want my car right out there to last me till Jesus comes. 
Okay. But, but envy is the same thing as jealousy. And there's a lot of jealous Christians running around. They're envious. So in Proverbs 14 and 30, <coughs> look at Pro- let's look at that scripture, Proverbs 14 and 30. I wish y'all could see your faces. <laughs> it's interesting. <laughs> okay, Proverbs 14, 30. Well, since there's not 30 verses there, because I, yeah, there is. I, okay, I've got this down. I was in the other chapter. A sound heart is the life of the flesh, but envy the rottenness of the bones. Envy. Envy. He's talking about envy. He's talking about jealousy. He's talking about envy is the rottenness of the bones. Just think about that. Envy will have an effect on your body and on your health. I'm telling you, so if that's one sign of us being carnal is that we are envious and and this opposes our health. Things like this opposes we're opposing ourselves when we get into envy. So and then he said strife. Strife is a bitter and sometimes a violent conflict. It's a bitter conflict, strife. I'm telling you, there's nothing quite like strife and the, the uh, harm that it does to our body. Look at James, look at James, uh, verse 3 and 16. Okay, I'm getting there. Chapter 3, verse 16. Now, you, you need to think about this. For where envying, which we just covered, and strife is, there is confusion. And every evil work. Wow. Now, you talk about something that will separate relationships and will separate us from receiving the promises of God. Envy and strife. He says it brings confusion. Wow. You know, I I got to thinking about that. That word confusion means unquietness of your mind. Goes right back to that soul. To, To disturb in mind and purpose. Confusion. Evil, every evil work is an open door for Satan to get involved in my life and in our life. Sometimes in our relationships with others, we're dealing with the person where his emotions have been wounded and where he's been hurt when we're dealing with people and relationships. We just don't know. And John brought that out so good. We don't know what that other person's been through. We don't know what they're going through today. And, and you know... Each person in here goes through a lot that I don't know, and you don't know what I go through every day. And we've got to realize that, that we don't know where they're coming from. So if, if they've been wounded, a lot of Christians have been wounded in churches. But you know what? They don't have to be. You do not have to be hurt. 
by what somebody has said or somebody else has done. Don't let their hurt become your hurt. We've got to learn that, folks. Because you can't, don't take on their hurt and let it separate you from somebody else. When they start telling you what somebody else did to you or said to you, then Satan's involved in that. And he's trying to get you to separate and because they separate themselves from that person, they're trying to get you to separate yourself from that person. This is good teaching, y'all. Amen. That's good. We've got to be aware of, of, of a wounded or hurting person. Okay? If that, if the reason you've got to be aware is because if they're wounded, they're just like a dog or a pet that's been wounded. You don't know what they're going to do. They may bite you. Amen? And they're unpredictable. A person that has been hurt or been abused, been talked about, whatever, they are very unpredictable. Uh, and a, a person that's hurt, been hurt, they abuse themselves. You know, they really do. And we've got to realize, or I should use the word, they oppose themselves. They hurt themselves. If I came to you and started telling you all this junk about somebody, I'm opposing myself. But I want you in that hurt with me. I want you to know how bad I'm hurting. I want you to know what they said to me was wrong. What they did to me was wrong. What am I doing? I'm dragging you into that. And it will cause a separation from people that you actually love. Satan, I mean, he, he wants to hurt relationships. And he's been successful in quite a ways, you know, with, with, with this, with hurting relationships. And it will cause a separation. And that's not very godly when we do that, is it? So, um, so what's involved in forgiveness? For one thing, you choose to forgive. And you have to be committed to that choice. You choose to forgive. One author says, forgiveness is an aggressive force. I like that. Forgiveness is an aggressive force. It will cause whatever the incident of strife is to lose its power. And to lose its strength in your life. The force of forgiveness it, you are set free. Yes. Praise God. One of the definitions of forgiveness in the Greek is to send away. To send off. To release. To let go. It can also be translated to hurl like a missile. Wow. Get rid of it. Send it away. Send that hurt away. Send that division away. When God hurls our sins away, he forgives, and there is no evidence that they were ever there. When God sends our sins away, when we ask for forgiveness, 1 John 1, 9, he is faithful and just to forgive us. And he hurls those sins away. He does not remember them anymore. And we have to do that with each other. We have to hurl 
those sins away if they've hurt me. We've got to hurl those away and, and not remember them anymore. Cast them as far as the east is from the west, Psalms 103 says. God casts them away. He doesn't remember them unless you bring it up, unless I bring it up. So let's, let's set ourselves free. We, I want to be free from what somebody has said to me. I had a relative who said something to me one time that cut me deep, really, really deep. But you know what? I never allowed the thoughts to come again. I got rid of it. Who was set free? I was. I was set free. And I pray that that person was set free from the thoughts that they had. I'm telling you, people hurt people. And we've got to learn how to handle these relationships that deal with hurts and disappointments. People that we get disappointed in, you know, hurl that away. Don't let it become a part of your life. Amen? Okay. So we're going to hurl it away. <laughs> um, this is the way we're supposed to forgive. The same way that God does. We're going to hurl it away. He doesn't remember my sins. And I don't need to remember your mistakes and your sins. That's in the past. We cannot bring the past into the future. We just simply cannot. So, And it's very important, like I said a while ago, that we separate a person's sin or wrongdoing from that person. Because when I separate what you have said to me or somebody has said to me or done to me, when I separate that thing, I can see that beautiful person. I can see they're good. Because there's good in everybody. So when we walk in forgiveness, it's a big part of, of having a successful relationship with anyone. So the choice to forgive means to keep doing it every single time the memory comes up. I'm going to not let that thing arise in my mind anymore. This is a quote. Relationships are worth fighting for. Don't give up. Or leave a relationship on death row. I thought that's pretty good. Like I said, in, in, in doing that now, remember, it may be on a different level and it may be a different depth, but it can still be a relationship with that people, that person, or so that that wall is down when you're around them and you're not wanting to run the other way. So remember that we are problem solvers and not problem dodgers. <laughs> Amen. Okay, unforgiveness. It affects my faith. How can it affect my faith? Because faith works by love. Mm -hmm. And it'll affect my faith. It'll keep me from receiving all those promises that I've been believing for. The power of agape love is it forgives. And it, agape love administers grace and mercy yes. to people. Praise God. And you may ask yourself, why do I always have to be the one to make the first step to forgive? <laughs> the answer is because you're the one that has the love of God most developed in your life. Someone has to be the first one to make that step. So humble ourselves. Amen. God wants us, you and I, to have healthy relationships. Praise God. In closing... Uh, let's go to Romans 12.
and verse 17 21. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much life in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him a drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Praise God. That, that's really, be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. What good can I do toward this person that will relieve that wall that's between us? And you know, when he said, if it be possible, uh, when I looked that up, uh, one of the commentary said if it can be done this expression implies that it cannot always be done yet it still should be an object of our desire and we should try to obtain that amen Amen. and you know like I said in the beginning we're strange creatures but we need each other and we need to Especially in families during the holidays, you know, maybe some that, hey, we've all got some that irritate us. (laughs) But we've got to learn to deal with these people that we're around during, you know, we've got to learn, start today, folks. You know, get yourself ready. Because it can be uh, in a grocery store, Walmart. Whatever, any place you find yourself, we are dealing with people. And so I'm believing that the love of God is going to shine for us. And we're going to be that light in these relationships. And I'm believing that, that we are all going to have some relationships restored. And we're not going to leave them on death row. But we're going to resurrect life to them. Amen. Let's stand. This is kind of a different, different lesson, but I think the Holy Spirit was dealing with me and with you and getting us ready. You know, I'm not going to dread these people that I'm going to be around. I'm not going to dread the crowds. You know, don't talk about dreading the crowd. Enjoy them. They're God's people. They're your brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. Enjoy the holidays, ladies. Now, we'll be back after... Thanksgiving, and I probably are going to talk a little bit about our financial blessings that, you know, we spend more money, and we and it's a time of giving, and we need to rein in the rain sometimes, you know, and, and see, but let's bless people. It, you know, it doesn't always have to be money and always gifts, but there's ways to bless people. Invite them to your house, whatever. Amen. Well, Father, I bring your children before you. This was kind of a hard lesson for me to teach because it had a lot of correction in it. But, Father, I need correction. And every lady in here needs correction. And, Holy Spirit, you bring these things to our, to our mind in our relationships. Father, I thank you that every lady here will have some relationships restored because of the word of God that they've heard today. 
We love you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for being involved in our daily lives, and I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen.